Welcome back to the Learning to Sit Still podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. I am so glad you could be here. My name is Sarah, and my desire is to help you learn to sit still in a noisy world because it is in those still moments that we have the chance to know God. Silence is something we tend to run from because it is a place of confrontation where we can hear our thoughts and see ourselves for who we truly are. This is why we try to drown out the silence with noise, any kind of noise from music to crowds to a packed schedule. We avoid the silence, but that is exactly where God wants to meet us. This is the reason behind this podcast, as well as my website, sitstillmydaughter.com. I want to encourage you to step away from the noise and the distractions and enter into his presence, the one who formed you with purpose. I promise The more you get to know him, really know him, the more you will return his love and walk in confidence of who he made you to be, his image bearer to the world. So I invite you to join me on this journey of learning to sit still. If you have a question or a prayer request, you can submit them via my website. I would love to pray for you and help in any way I can. There are also free Bible reading plans available to download. And be sure to check out my social media accounts where I share short devotionals to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. All of those links are located in the show notes, so be sure to check it out after the episode. Also, if you haven't already, would you tap that subscribe button so you never miss an episode? You can also leave a review, which helps others find this podcast. Now, are you ready for the answer to the Bible trivia question I asked you last time? Who predicted that lots would be cast for Jesus's vesture? The answer is the psalmist and found in Psalm chapter 22, verse 18. Our question for next week is, who had their wife selected for them by their mother? Who had their wife selected for them by their mother? And remember, I will have the answer for you on the next episode. So today is Valentine's Day, or as some say, National Singles Awareness Day. But either way, the topic of love tends to be front and center on such days. So I thought it would be a good time to have a discussion about loving one another. Now, you may think that this topic is a little overused or overtalked, but I want to really unpack this with you today. I have been thinking about this one another idea for quite some time, like a few years, in fact, but I never really tried to write it down. It has just been rolling around in my head, and I thought today would be maybe the perfect opportunity to just speak up. Often in sermons, the word faith is presented as an important key to accepting Jesus as our Savior, and that is 100% true. We believe he is the Son of God, that he was born, lived, and died, and rose again so that we could have eternal life. Like I said, this is true, but is that where the salvation story truly begins? If we were to quote, as many people can, John 3.16, we would see something important that comes first. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Did you catch it? Love. God's love was so great that it caused him to sacrificially give to the world his only begotten son in order to save us all from our sin. 
This love is not freely given to us just so that we know we can be loved. It is also an example for us to follow. It is the motivation to do what is right, and it is the way people know who we serve. 1 John 4 verse 7 tells us that God is the source of love because love is of God. This means that we are incapable of love on our own. It's really a foreign emotion to us. We only love ourselves naturally, which really translates into another word, which is selfishness. To really love someone is to care about them more than you do yourself. God loved us so much that he gave what was dearest to his heart, his son, Jesus. Jesus loved us so much that he was willing to endure the greatest physical agony and a time of separation from his heavenly father. Why? So we could have the opportunity to accept his free gift of salvation. Remember that we can choose to walk away from this gift. That is real love, doing what is best for others, and our God models it for us every day. It is his love that wooed us, and the reason we can love him in the first place. We love him because he first loved us. He loved us when we were unlovable and an absolute mess. He continues to love us even when we fail and our actions are horrible. His love is constant, everlasting, and immeasurable. This is the love that he freely gives. But there is one expectation. Our God asks that we love others with this kind of love. This is the second greatest command. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great command, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commands hang all the law and the prophets. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. We have been given the command to love others. But what does that mean? Why does it matter? Well, let's go to John 13, verse 34, where Jesus is speaking to his disciples. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Again, Jesus says that we are to love one another, but now he provides the how, as he has loved us. Remember that we cannot do this on our own. We are naturally self-centered and real love is sacrificial. From the dawn of time, God has demonstrated his love for his creation through his constant provision, protection, and providing us with a propitiation for our sin through the death of his son. This is love, real love that is freely given to us, not just once, but constantly, a love that will not only accompany us during our lifetime, but transports us to heaven and will remain with us eternally. We will forever be surrounded by his love. But Jesus also shares something important in the following verse from John 13. He tells his disciples and those who will come after the importance of obeying this new commandment. By this, shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. That's verse 35. Please don't tune out that verse or let it just breeze by your ear. Grab a hold of the message. The world will recognize we belong to Jesus when we love others. Love is what sets us apart from everyone else. Let that truth sink deep into your soul. We shine for Jesus the most 
when we love like him. We let the world know who is our master when we love as he loves us. This is the power, the necessity of loving others. We reflect our God. This command comes with an expectation. God expects us to fulfill this command and will judge us accordingly. Notice this verse from Revelation 2, verse 4. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars and hast borne and hast patience and for my name's sake hast labored and hast not fainted. That is an impressive list. If we say that about a church, we would be pretty wowed. And to be clear, Jesus was not saying this was a bad thing, but they had lost something very important, their first love. You see, doing all of these things without love means very little. God is not interested in how many people came to our services, how much we gave to charity, or even how many people we led to Christ if we don't have love. Now, please don't turn me off and say that Sarah does not care about soul winning. I absolutely do, but I want to know the reason why we do it, or really anything in the name of the Lord. It should be done because we love him. If you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, verse 15. Jesus makes it clear If you love me, you will keep my commands. The command to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. The command to be kind. The command to bear fruit. And the many others throughout scripture. Love is where it starts. And love is what keeps it going. The great, amazing, incomprehensible love of God for us that must flow through us so that the world can see him. Paul placed great emphasis on loving others. In fact, he said that if we don't have love, we have nothing. He also gives us an impressive list in 1 Corinthians 13, giving his body to be burned, faith that is able to move mountains, the gift of prophecy, giving all of his money away are just a few of the things he says are meaningless if we don't have love. Love is a verb, meaning it must be backed by deeds to give meaning to the word itself. God's love is a verb. He gave, he first loved us, and he does everything for us out of love, including preparing a place for us to live with him eternally. Truly, love is the foundation upon which everything is built. It's the start of it all. Our faith is lived out through love. James reminds us that faith without works is dead. And how do we live out our faith with our works? Through love that is seen in how we love others. So how can we love others? Well, Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 25, verses 34 through 38. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and he gave me meat. I was thirsty, and he gave me drink. I was a stranger, and he took me in naked, and he clothed me. I was sick, and he visited me. I was in prison, and he came unto me. Those who heard these words were confused. They'd never done any of these things to the Lord, but his reply in verse 40 is, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. There is our answer and our example. 
When we do anything for anyone as if it were unto Jesus, we really are doing it to him. I want to point out that each one of these things on the list is a form of love. To care for someone's physical needs is to love them. To visit someone when they are sick or even someone in prison is to be an ambassador of love for Jesus. This should make us stop and consider the effects when we choose not to do this. We hinder his love from being seen and this world is in desperate need of real love. Now I'm not talking about that song that was played on the radio that what the world needs now is love, more love. No, what the world needs now are people who are willing to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And that is lived out when we love others in word and deed, but especially deed. Paul told us in Galatians 6 verse 2, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. But what is the law of Christ? To find that answer, you have to go back to chapter 5, verse 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. My friends, please don't miss this. Fulfilling this command, this law of Christ is crucial. This is how the world sees Christ, by how we love others. How can we say we belong to Christ if we fail in this one area. We may say the Church of Ephesus, but we give money, we are involved in these programs, we are in church every time the doors are open and we read our Bibles and we hate evil, but what was the Lord's response? Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Have we gotten so wrapped up in doing good things that we forget the real reason behind it? Have we forgotten how much we are loved and what real love looks like when it's lived out each day? Have we grown cold in our concern for others and consumed with checking off a list? What would happen if we returned to our first love? Because that is the beauty of that statement. We may have left it for a season, but we still have the opportunity to return. We can come back and live it out again. We can love others as God loves us and show the world whose child we really are. I want to be that kind of person, but that requires that I put myself last, that I live selflessly and am actively looking for ways to love others. Now this Saturday, February 17th, if you're listening to this live, just happens to be Random Acts of Kindness Day, which is the perfect opportunity to show someone, even a stranger, a little love and perhaps open the door for a conversation about the one who loves them with an everlasting love. Let's be a people who are easily recognized as children of the Most High God by the love we have toward one another. Let's be busy obeying the greatest commands, loving God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and loving others as ourselves. If you go on any of my social media accounts, you'll probably read this one statement. I'm just an ordinary girl, loved by an extraordinary God, and I seek to love others the same way. Will you join me on this mission of loving others? I hope you have a wonderful day, my friends, and a happy Valentine's Day. Never forget that God does love you, not because he has to, because he says he does as if it's required to love you, He loves you because he wants to. He delights in loving you. You 
are his most cherished possession, fashioned by his hand and formed in his image. You are his beloved daughter and you can rest fully and completely in his love for you. Thank you.